Hello, you're on Signal of Doom, and it's a jump shots, a sombre jump shots today. I'm here with Ray. Ray, how are you going? Yeah, good, Dave. As good as I can be, I guess, as you said, it is a sombre occasion for a lot of sure. Aussies out there. Unfortunately, yeah. As we know, the Reaper has been stalking incessantly over the last couple of years uh, in this time of plague. And unfortunately, the Reaper found its way to, to, I mean, Iconic doesn't do it justice, Australian cricketers, beyond icons, on the, both of them on the Mount Rushmore of Australian cricket, uh, Rodney Marsh and Shane Warne, uh, Warney both unfortunately passed away, both of heart attacks, uh, it seems, within the last few days, within, within hours of each other, um, you know... Uh, I mean, it's hard to gr- grapple with it right now, isn't it, Ray? Just the loss. Yeah, it, it is. Um, it's it's always like kind of unfair in a way, although we are yeah. kind of paying homage to, to both of them. Of course. But you have such an impact, in, impactful kind of thing happen, would say like, you know, the death of Rod Marsh. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah. you have someone Morning. else who is equally, if not, if, if not, you know, on a, on a higher plane, sure. of, of say, and more recent Larry. too, and more recent, you know, more recent in yeah. Shane, yeah, in Shane Warne. So, uh, both of them absolutely terrible. Yeah, it's mm. um, it's a really a dark day for not only Australian cricket, world cricket. Uh, but I think cricket community, yeah, worldwide. I was going to say for Australia, it is a dark day indeed, and, and frankly, both of these guys should be getting state funerals. They did more than enough to deserve that many times over in both of their careers. And, and really, we want to pay tribute. We love both of these players. Um, I want to pay tribute with Ray. Uh, we'll do a quick run-through of each of their, you know, kind of careers and achievements. Um, we'll kick off with Rod Marsh. Uh, Rod Marsh was the Australian wicketkeeper uh, from 1970 to 1984. That's 14 years, Ray. Um, That's a big- it's a long season. Like well, season. It's well a when long you think standard. about a wicketkeeper too, think of the think of who he was keeping to: Lily Thompson, Lenny Pascoe, you know Rodney Hogg, Jeff Lawson. You know, fast bowlers, man. You know, um, he, he was an ex- exceptional wicketkeeper. You know, was. even he was. Uh, not to say the others weren't, but uh, the, exactly as you say, what he had up against. Um, yeah. You know, they, these part these fast paced. You know, blitzing deliveries, uh, and he took some pearls of some catches as well. So he, oh yeah, very I mean, um, more more athletic than I guess some would maybe assume him to be. Yeah, a yeah. solid looking guy. Uh, was a bit tubby when he first started. He lost a lot of that weight, but he was always a, a thick set guy. Um, you know, uh, combative batsman as well, left handed batsman. Um, he could really yeah. jump. In fact, one, he's one of my early memories of getting into cricket. Rob Marsh was a massive reason I liked the Australian cricket team because by the time I got yeah. to like cricket, I'm a few years older than you, Ray, so you've probably bypassed his career when you were yes. you know, alive. See, when I came in very early 80s, he was in the last few years, but he was massive. Him and Lily in the team were, they were icons, you know what I mean? Um, in their day, they were every bit as big as Shane Warne to the Australian cricket fans because they were like the lifeblood of the team. And yes. um, yeah. it was Greg Chappell, uh, Dennis Lilly and Rod Marsh. And as far, they were the three best players in the team by a long way, you know. Um, and they actually all retired together in the same match, which just traumatised me as a kid. But I remember Rod Marsh. It used to be, this is in his later days, um, he had a reputation as a hitter you know, when he came into bat. And you've got to remember back in those days, Ray, not a lot of guys 
were that aggressive. Like, there were players who were very aggressive and stuff, but a lot of players, you know, kind of ate up deliveries. Um, run scoring was, was slower than it is now. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I can only remember potentially. I don't know. He may have come in after or before, but Ian Both. See, Ian Both, and for me was a oh, yeah. was a big hitter. Um, of course, yeah. And I'm sure, yeah, he was around that era. But yeah, you're right. There weren't that many. Like, yeah. You know. Oh, there were definitely hitters. Yeah, yeah. and Ian Botham was a hitter. Yeah, but um, but Rob Marsh and I remember the fun of it. I mean, he was the wicketkeeper as well. This is back before Adam Gilchrist kind of revolutionised wicketkeeping. Yeah, so yeah. he was a great keeper, but you always uh, was always a bit of fun when he came into bat. And they do say that his career prior to World Series in '77, he was a much better batsman before then. In the last couple of years, he certainly wasn't the batsman he had been. I mean, he scored three Test centuries, um, average twenty-seven, but he was a better batsman than that. But um, he was a great, great keeper. And in fact, the reason he left the team. When when Lily and Chapel retired, um, you know he wanted to be captain, and they wouldn't make him captain. And pretty much that's why he he's like, well, if I'm not going to be captain, then I'm going to retire, because um, they went with Kim Hughes, which was an ill-fated decision, uh, obviously. Um, but he's he's really the reason for him to keep playing was he wanted to captain Australia, and there was a lot of animosity still uh, due to like the, the World Series cricket, you know, divide. Um, and then even after they reconciled, it was always viewed that they didn't want to have two World Series players be captain, vice-captain, like Greg Chappell was captain, obviously. Oh, yeah. the, I, I still think the best batsman we've had, uh, along with Ponting since Bradman, I, I don't think anyone goes close to those two guys. I put I put Greg Chappell and Ricky Ponting in the same category as uh, incredible players, um, but they, wouldn't want to, they didn't want to make Rod Marsh vice-captain to Greg Chappell. I don't know if you're aware of that, Ray. No, no, no. Yeah, and that's... I, no, I'm certainly unaware of that. Um, I mean, as you said, this kind of came in a little bit before me. I, I was sure. just, like, while we were just talking just now, I was thinking of the first wicketkeeper that I was exposed to, and I think, and please correct me if I'm wrong, sure. his pronunciation, was it Tim Zura? Oh, yeah, Tim, Tim Zura. Tim, I was going to say, was it Tim, Tim Zura was the keeper... They went through a couple of keepers uh, after, right after Rob Marsh left, because Rob Marsh left a gaping hole. Like it was, he'd been wicketkeeper for fourteen years, you know. So, I'm sure yeah. many, many a secondary keeper has had their careers in that time. They went through a couple. They did settle on Tim Zura for a while, um, a West Australian keeper, um, and then they got rid of him. They tried Wayne Phillips. I don't know if you remember Wayne Phillips. Um, I don't remember. No, no. he was a batsman. He was a batsman, a good batsman, but they wanted to make him a keeper, and he hadn't kept since, I believe, high school. And they oh. made him the Australian keeper, and what unfortunately happened was it affected his batting because in inevitably some mistakes crept into the keeping. It affected his batting. It kind of it train-wrecked his whole career. They got Tim Zura in. I think they might have had a few discipline issues with him or something, and eventually they went to Ian Healy, and that's where it kind of reset. But that all took... A few years, you know, um, yes. yeah, and yeah. that was the kind of mess Australian cricket was in post Rod Marsh, Dennis Lilly, and Greg Chappell all retiring in the same game. It took us like I would say pr- pr- nearly five years for us to recover as a team. Uh, various reasons for that, such as like you know those three best players left, uh, decimated sort of the order. Uh, we had the South African tour. 
Rebel Tours, which took away a lot of the secondary players. So, yeah, it was. Um, so that was why Rob Marsh left. But an incredible legacy. I, I, I think 14 years uh, as a wicketkeeper is amazing. Uh, if you think about the damage to their hands, Ray, you know, can you imagine keeping a Jeff Thompson coming in at full pace? He doesn't know where the ball's going to go. Um, well, I've seen Ian Healy's hands, uh, yeah. and you know, he had you know the likes of some quickies as well, and and sure. they look yeah, they, they look all double jointed and out of shape. I mean, yeah. it's a big sacrifice as a wiki to to keep uh, with with this. And again, for US listeners, these these cricket balls they're hard, hard as rocks. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's not like you're catching a tennis ball. No, like they're, they're they're smaller than a baseball, aren't they? Are they smaller than a baseball? Um, yeah, they are. Yeah. Baseball, yeah, and and I would dare say slightly harder. Yeah, would you say? Uh, I, I would say yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah definitely harder. Yeah. Um, yeah, especially after it's been whacked a few times as well, it starts to get a bit old. Yeah. It, uh, it's, um, and um, as well. Yeah. We should pay tribute. The thing is, Ross, so Robash had this amazing playing career and retired. He then went on to, he firstly did commentary. Uh, was always a character, a larrikin of the team. We, we haven't even mentioned that. He was always a larrikin, a beer drinker. Um, you know, he was the quintessential Aussie from the 70s into the early 80s. And then he formed the uh, Cricket Academy or was involved with that very early. And he groomed players like Steve Waugh, uh, not Steve Waugh, yeah. um, Damian Martin, Ricky Ponting, uh, they all went through the academy, all of these 90s players. And, yeah. uh, you know, he was massive in that sense. Like, he, he, like he, he was at that academy for many years, groomed a lot mm-hmm. of Australian stars who went through the academy and then actually went to England for their centre of excellence and set them up and actually contributed to them winning the 2005 um, Ashes, a, a dark day for Australian cricket. But... Then came back to Australia, did more, was chairman of selectors, got unfairly criticised when we lost a few games and, and he left. I think he was just like, I don't need this, you know. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, the, the chairman of selectors, Ray, we'd love to be on it, wouldn't we? Could you imagine us? I think we'd make that. Uh, judging from our selection of the Ashes team for the last 20 years, I think I think we'd make a good stab at it, Dave. Oh, I, I'm very confident. I'm, I, I'm, I'm almost expecting a call. Um, you know, they say it doesn't pay much. I'm like, look, I don't need much for it. I'm I'm happy to give my time to Australian cricket, you know, for the rebuild. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so he gave a hell of a lot to Australian cricket. Um, and I mm. think a lot of guys like my dad's age, you know, the, the generation before me. I mean, that team, and I'm going to mention a name in a second. You're going to know it. You had Ian Chapel. You had uh, DK Lilly. You had Jeff Thompson. Greg Chapel. Um. You had Rod Marsh, and then you, of course, had Dougie Walters. Um, Dougie uh, Walters. And who yeah. could forget him? Yeah. Uh, average 48 in Test Match Cricket. Ray wasn't aware of him, and um, three times, I think, scored a century in a session. Yeah, well, aware, I was aware of him, but not of his of his feats, I guess. Yeah. And uh, and I must say, they're pretty impressive, Yeah, uh, old Dougie Walters. Three times uh, a century yeah. in a session, Ray. How about that in Test Match Cricket? Well done. Yeah, back in the I'm 70s. Sorry. And in fact, one of my very earliest memories of cricket is they recalled him um, after World Series for some matches against India. And he did very well. And he played some one-dayers. And one of my earliest memories is actually him playing some one-dayers. Um, and we were losing. Right. And he was just... Ba- and like, I mean, I'm young. I'm like six. And I remember watching it. And my dad, I remember my dad saying, he's not as good as he used to be, but he's still pretty good. Uh, <laughs> and he was... 
after he, uh, you know, when as he's going on the down downhill. Well, he was um, actually scoring runs, but know, what, what they did was yeah. um, he was he, look he was past his best, but he was still scoring. And then they went to England in '81, and they didn't take him because he never scored a century in English conditions, even though he averaged forty eight in Test match cricket, which just shows you how many runs he scored elsewhere. And he only averaged in the thirties in, in in England, and they didn't take him, and he retired. Um, but he was a good he was a good player. Now, what I'm trying to say is that seventies team uh, was excellent. Uh, people always yes. people always rave about our two thousands team, and I like to say to them, "It's a great, great team." Um, take a look at the nineties team. You know, um, I reckon I reckon our mid nineties team would just about defeat anybody, really. You know? That was that was I think um, because there was like an overlapping of, of eras. Yes. I guess um, you're still looking in the in the late nineties, even to the early two thousands. Uh, some of the old guard was still there. I mean, ninety uh, the wars ninety three four. Yeah, AB a- was captain still yeah. um, in the early nineties. Uh, so you had that kind of, and then you had this young fella come in, named Shane Warne. Oh yeah, I was going to say Shane Warne. Yeah, of course, yeah. I, I, yeah. I said, I, I said, Ricky. I, I thought you were going with Ricky at first. We went up to the Shane One section, but <laughs> yeah, Ricky came in a bit later as well. Um, sure, scoring, yeah, no, scoring before, plenty, yeah, scoring plenty of runs too. Never forget Ricky's first innings, ninety six. Given out LB was so outrageously not LB. I was watching the match with some mates down in Tassie, and we were outraged. As was Ricky. <laughs> as you would be, yeah, for sure. Ricky had the goatee sure. back then in those <laughs> days, Ray. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah he had a yeah he had the, the facial hair. I, that's how I first remember him, and then he pretty much got rid of that for most of his career. Yeah, he, he. I think he had it until about ninety nine, roughly. You know, roughly. He had goatee, did he? Oh, yeah. My memory's. Short, uh, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I, he had the goatee early. He definitely got rid of it before two thousand. Um, so he he had it till about ninety eight, ninety nine. I think you know. Right. Oh. Okay. But yeah, but but there's this overlapping of, of these eras, um, and you know we're talking about the 2000 era as well, which mm. is um, which is fantastic. We were, the introduction of the likes of you know Glenn McGrath and, and stuff. So um, I can't remember. Do you know when he did start? I uh, thought he started late. Yes, no, I can tell you. Glenn McGrath debuted around 1995 because he was on the tour to the West Indies. Okay. In '95, yeah. I think it was, we toured the Windies and beat them. And McGrath was kind of like the second bowler to Craig McDermott, but Craig McDermott went down with an injury, and Glenn McGrath, McGrath took a lot of wickets. Um, yeah. So it was roughly it was around '95 that he debuted. Yeah. Right. A little later than Warney, but Not much. around the same. Yeah. Yeah. Warney, but, let's I mean, let's move they, to Shane Warne. Let's move to Shane Warne, and and so Vale Rob Marsh, a, a genuine great. Shane Warne, my first memory, Ray, is um, there was a lot of hype on him, this this tubby leg spinner with the peroxide hair, and um, yep. came out, and I watched the the innings against India where Ravi Shastri took a long handle to him and scored a double hundred. But I could see, and, and AB said it himself, he's got plenty of potential. And you could see it, and I remember Richie Benno, basically, who was a leg spinner himself, talking listeners through what Shane Warne was doing and he was turning it. You could see there was, you could see there, there, there was yeah. some, there was a lot, something to him even in then. And he took one for 150 yeah. in his first innings. Got smacked. Got smacked. But as I said, you could see there was something and he, they persisted with him. They took him to Sri Lanka. He took wickets. Um, 
He took some wickets the next year against West Indies. He, he took 71 innings. He was up and down in his early, as he would be, in, in his sort of first 18 months as a, as a spinner. He took some wickets, showed plenty of promise, but also could go the long journey. Um, yeah, and you have to remember he was in his early 20s. Yes, like 21. he's young, young. And we didn't, have, we didn't have a genuine match-winning spinner. We, we had many sort of okay spinners. We had the likes of a Greg Matthews. We had the likes of a Tim May. Uh, we had Peter Taylor back in the late 80s, uh, if you remember him, right? Dancing shoes, dancing shoes, Peter Taylor. Uh, <laughs> no, you know, I love him. Uh, but, no, I mean, it's interesting as you say that, Dave, because I think the mindset back in those days was the spinners, spinners didn't win games for you. They were there for a bit of variation. That's how I kind of saw it anyway. Yeah. It was massively dominated by pace bowlers. Um, so yeah. uh, it was interesting to have this young boy. And I remember, I mean, I think you mentioned in the Signal of Doom episode with, with Richard, Dave, um, I too, I think I, I caught nearly, I think, all of Shane Warne's test matches. I, I remember watching this podgy, um, he had a mullet, he had blonde hair, yeah. and they introduced him as, you know, this is a new guy into the Australian squad. And I remember thinking, because I was very much, entrenched with AB, Steve Waugh, the sure. Wars, you know, it's like, sure. oh, who's this guy? Like, it's, it's like, oh, and, and to be honest, he didn't really impress me that much. But then again, I was only, what, I was a young teenager, so what, what do I know? But, like, I I was watching him and said, okay, cool, we got someone in, they're, they're giving him a lot of um, yeah. hype, he's, he's, you know, he's apparently good. And I, I just remember thinking, oh, he's a bit, like, he's a bit overweight. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure, but the, I will um, say so was Booney, and it didn't worry, didn't worry him. I yeah, I... I know, but it's one of those things that stick out, I guess, yeah. with cricket, you know, more so with Burn, exactly with Burn. I just remember thinking, oh, you don't have to be like svelte. DC <laughs> Burn, the, the keg on legs, as I used to call him. <laughs> yeah, so Shane Warne was very much in that mould. And, sure. uh, and I remember watching that first match and very, not impressive for me. I, I was yeah. more focused on all the other players in the Australian side because I loved them. I think they were great. Yeah. Um, yeah, but this thing that spinners weren't. Shane Warne changed that. He revolutionised the game as we saw it. And well, that's exactly right. Came, yeah, as he came into prominence, um, you know, I remember, like you would have as well, Dave, how every everyone who was in Australia and like cricket kids would go out and we'd all practice. I, I practiced leg spin as well, purely so for Shane Warne. Like, I, I, I still roll the arm over with a little bit of leg spin, you know? Um, the, the thing is, the thing is, in Australia, it had been generations since we'd had a genuine match-winning leg spinner. They had, the, they'd had the likes in the seventies of a Kerry O'Keefe, um, mm-hmm. but I think I, th- I honestly probably think I'm talking like a genuine guy who played a lot of Tests rather than a Kerry O'Keefe who played a few in and out of the team. You know, uh, Richie Benno was probably the the only one I could think of before Shane Warne. Um, you, you know, in in since the war, who was who was that player? Richie Benno, I think, I want to say, took two hundred and forty eight wickets and and scored plenty of runs. And but it had been years in England. They'd had spinners who could turn matches. The likes of uh, Derek Underwood um, wasn't a leg spinner, but a, but spinners who could turn matches. But in Australia, it was they were more containers, weren't they? Really, right? Yeah, they were. They they weren't strike bowlers by any means, and. And again, Shane Warne changed that. Like he made slow, slow bowling or slow spinning actually cool. Yeah. I mean, everyone who loved cricket wanted to be a Kurtley Ambrose or a sure. or Craig McDermott because you just sure. fire it in. You know, there's that aggression. 
Shane Warne actually brought that aggression to this very difficult art of leg spinning. It's an incredibly difficult art, and 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna flash forward in a moment to the moment where Shane Warne became Shane Warne. We know, but basically, what Shane Warne had, as well as he could really turn the ball, he had incredible control, and that's what most leg spinners lack. Um, so he. As well as being a, such an attacking bowler, he had incredible control and he could drift it around. As he got older, he turned it less. A, a lot of them skidded on. Um, but shoulder injury, but but his stats did not decline because he had such great control. But the moment that Shane Warne went from being a brilliant but erratic, which he had been until then, was. The 93 Ashes Tour, AB's in captaincy, uh, was the first one since 89 where we beat them 4-0. Um, we went over with a pretty fucking strong team. And um, yeah. and AB was playing his cards close to his chest. Uh, he, he wouldn't unleash Warren in the early games. Uh, he played him in mm-hmm. one game and, and Graham Hick took him for plenty. And and yep. he and, and AB was apparently in Warney's ear saying, don't show them everything. You know, let them get confident. And then in the first, in the well, first, and, and, go ahead. Sorry, Dave. And again, um, since leg spin was such a dying art at that stage, not many batsmen really knew how to how to play it, which was yeah. to Shane Ward's advantage as well. Exactly, and that's exactly right. It it had been probably twenty years since someone had come on who was a genuine like threat. Anyway, so then. Um, I remember the match. Uh, G. Gooch was captain of the English team. Uh, they had some good players. Mike Gatting was a very good player of spin, and he was out there yeah. batting, and uh, AB threw the ball to Warney. I, I remember it clear as day. He bowled the ball of the century, pitched outside ball leg, spun back, took off yep. stump, completely befuddled Gats. Um, oh, it was a magical ball. The first, yeah, yeah the, like, and Warney himself admitted that he never was able to replicate that. He, although he did produce yeah. some absolute yeah. freakish deliveries yeah. since then. But that, that delivery, ball of the century, um, also known as the Gatting ball or, or yes. the ball. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it's just remarkable, Dave, a 23-year-old mm. came in his first delivery yep. in a top-level competition against the top-tier English squad. Yep. Um, playing the number three batsman, Gatting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Gatting was uh, one of their better players and definitely a very yeah. good player of spin. Um, and, yeah, he completely bamboozled Gats. Um, and bamboozled him with... Yeah, sorry. And I was going to say, and just weaved a magic spell, which never seemed to really let up for his whole career. I, I mean, I, I like you, I followed his entire career. From that moment, yeah. Shane Warne never really looked back. Uh, there was never really a point where we were thinking, yeah. can Warney do it? Like, it was known. Warney could do uh, it. it was, I, we used to watch it, and I remember Tubby Taylor after yeah. AB. T- Taylor really knew how to use Shane Warne, and I and he used to yeah. just, knowing he had Warney in the back pocket, throw the ball to Warney and start spinning that web. Um, yeah, it was amazing. And I, look, I'd already was a fan, because he already had taken some wickets before that ball, but that was, that was the moment that he oh, went yeah. to number one, and as you say, a year or so later, you know, I don't know how long exactly, but like a year or so later, Glenn McGrath comes on the scene. Before you know it, we've got two genuine greats, because I consider Glenn McGrath an absolute great, yeah. uh, from, yeah. you know, bowling in, in partnership, in tandem, and, and it would just starve batters. And some great batsmen 
were troubled by oh, Shane yeah. Warne. I mean, the likes of one of my favourite bo- players, uh, English batsman, Robin Smith. Do you recall him, the judge? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. he was a great player. Uh, average in the mid-40s in Test match cricket, scored plenty of hundreds. He was troubled by yeah. Warney at times. Warney got inside his head, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and it a- wasn't the only one. Daryl Cullinan couldn't score a run against him, you know? Oh, they had a nice rivalry, didn't they? Shane, they they love that rivalry. And um, i just got to say as well, I mean, one of the things, part of Shane Warne's brilliance and in his arsenal was uh, his tenacity and his fierce competitiveness. Um, that came across um, in, in his playing. I, I just want to, before I forget as well, uh, mm. you were talking about the ball of the century. Uh, Kerry O'Keefe, I saw a masterclass, Kerry O'Keefe and Shane Warne were talking about leg spin. Yeah. And Kerry was saying, uh, yeah, I, I usually aim as a leg spinner, I'd aim anywhere between middle and, and off. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, that's my, because I don't spin it as much. Yes. Shane Warne has to aim, and he has aimed meters like he did in the Gatting Ball, yeah. a meter off leg stump, and yeah, that actually crazy. hit off stump. So the amount of spin that this guy was getting was just phenomenal. And with the spin in the air, it kind of it drips, drifts and dips. Exactly. And then it spins off. It's so difficult to play against. Very. Um, and yeah. Sorry? I was going to say very. And, I mean, like, yeah, it yeah. wasn't his career, although, you know, could be highlighted by one ball. It was It was so many times. He he, oh, he won no, matches for Australia. He won matches that were we were lost, and he would come back and, and win. Uh, and as I said in my tribute, he was part of a great, great team and was a team man. And yet, also, he was a brilliant match winner inside that fantastic team. So he was he was such a key cog. I I, I don't even know looking at the stats, but his stats of win loss record would be intensely high. You know, I mean, you only have to look at his uh, Ashes performance. He's won seven. He won seven out of eight Ashes tours that that he yes. went in. So yeah, oh yeah. He, he was part of a side that was absolutely dominant. Um, yeah, and, and so, uh, yeah, th- this kind of fierce competitiveness in him uh, was such a weapon because he had this self-belief, and, and you mentioned it before, like Tubby Taylor, mm. uh, he knew when to use Warren, give him the ball. Um, as a spectator and as a, you know, following his career, Dave, you're probably the same. There was a level of, of like, comfort. Like, when you knew Shane Warren had the ball, yeah, you knew yeah. something happened. You know, yeah. you knew that he's going to dry up the runs. You knew that he was really going to give it his all. And uh, it's a sign of a great player when you as a viewer kind of feel a little uh, safe, you know, when he has it, going, okay, things will be all right because Shane Warne's uh, going to bowl. Uh, and that's rare with a with a player, you know, mm. um, oh, especially yeah. for team sport. It, totally. And, and like, he would um, – you are 100% right. And at times it would be – it would be tough to resist throwing the ball to him because of how good he was. And he could bowl long spells. He was a workhorse – um, people criticise his Indian record. Well, I recall uh, one Indian tour where Warney was basically the stock bowler and just bowled hundreds of overs, and we won that tour uh, with Steve Warren, Adam Gill, Christian Charge. I recall, I mentioned it in my Signal of Doom tribute, the, the semi-final against the Windies. We were dead in the water. Warney, they were cruising to... We, we only scored about 209. West Indies, I think, were two for 162. Uh, Warney came on, started taking wickets, started applying pressure. He took four for 36. We managed to bowl them out. We won by five runs. That was a semi-final of a World Cup match. Uh, the 99 yeah. World Cup, he resurrected us 
you know what I mean? Like he he was he was in some ways a miracle worker when it came to turning teams' performances around, and I think inspired others. And as I said, he was in a great team, so it wasn't like he was solo. Uh, his performances would start raising levels of. I mean, you had the wars, you had Ricky, you had guys like Hados. You know, um, in the one day lineup, you had like a Bevan. You had plenty of players, yeah. and you see one guy going over the top, starting this thing, and the belief goes around, and all of a sudden. That Australian team um, became close to unbeatable, you know. And in the yeah. in the yeah. one Ashes series he lost, the, the Ashes series that still galls in my mind is two thousand five. I hate it when people say it's the greatest <laughs> Ashes series of all time because it's the one we lost. I'm like, fuck you guys. How about the ones we won four nil and five nil? Why aren't they yeah. the greatest? Um, but you've got to admit that second test though with Shane Warne, the fight that he brought, oh, yeah. not only with the ball, ball but with the bat. Yeah. To you know, to lose that skill, but he was like he was last man standing. Took forty wickets in that up. series. Took forty wickets in that series. And the second highest was like twenty four from a bowler. Uh, yeah. You know, so he was leaps and bounds ahead of every everyone. And I believe he took ninety six wickets. I believe I'm right in saying this. I think he took ninety six wickets in the calendar year of that year, which I think is a record. And um and you know there there were setbacks too. Let's not forget. I I recall. I mean, look, his career for me was one long highlight reel. But I rec- I'll never forget this. I'm living down at uh, North Sydney back in those days. Um, and come home. It's going to be the first match of the World Cup. I want to say it was in South Africa, uh, 2003. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were playing Pakistan, and we were re- uh, we were pumped. You know what I mean? We'd won the '99 World Cup. Um, we were pumped. I, I raced home. Hours before the match, the news broke out. Warney had tested positive for some banned substance. Uh, was was out of the was out of the the comp. You saw him walking yep. to the plane. Uh, this is hours before the match. The sense of shock that I had in terms of I'm not talking about scandal. I'm talking about shock for the team and our chances of winning. I was like, shit, we are in big trouble. Um, and then Andrew Simons announced his arrival on the international stage, smashed 143, saved the match for us, and we never looked back. We went on to thrash everybody in that uh, in that World Cup. But that's what I'm saying. That that was probably the darkest day for Warney. Would you agree? Um, in terms of his career, he's banned yeah. for 12 months. Yeah, it was that, and the um, that I thought of in the betting scandal. I mean. Hmm. I, I, a big, a big shout out if you've not watched it before or anyone uh, on Amazon, uh, there is a documentary on Shane. It's yeah. called Shane. It was released before his death. It um, was. So, so it even makes it even more tragic. But um, it goes through all of that stuff. And Shane warned himself as well. He said, uh, number one, the drug that he took, um, I don't know if you know Dave, but it was his a diuretic. gave it to him. Well, that was his yeah, story. Yeah, but she, yeah. Had <laughs> some, and all of, she had no idea, poor lady. Um, yeah. And... As Shane said, later on, that drug was taken off the list because like, it did, didn't do anything. Yeah, so, yeah. It was bullshit. Point, it was bullshit, man. I, I fucking hated it. Like, believe you me, if you'd flash to if you're looking for someone who's 1,000% behind the Australian team and warning, you found him. You know what I mean? It was a bullshit fucking oh. conviction. Uh, he had to serve 12 months. It pissed me off. Yeah. Uh, luckily, we had Stuart McGill McGiller uh, able to turn his arm over for that 12 months. Probably the guy whose career was. Most impacted by Warney, he would have had a good, oh, a long career yeah, as a spinner. A, you know, yeah, yeah, uh, he was. Um, even I remember towards um the mid mid two thousands, uh, so McGill and Warn were 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 both you know working their magic, 
McGill, obviously, he could turn it a lot more than Warren by that stage as well. But Warren was still effective. Oh, he yeah. still found ways to um, to get people with either the slider or you know just around around the um, the legs. Mm-hmm. Uh, many 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 times he bowled people around their legs. Oh crazy. yeah, I mean, I I recall uh, an Ashes series. The Ashes series that they came out with was his last Ashes series. So two thousand six seven. Um, yep. He's playing. He could have played for another three years if he wanted to, Warnie. Yeah, he, he, so anyway, he's come out. We beat. We beat them five 0 But there was one match in Adelaide where the English did have the upper hand, and would look like they were at least going to draw the match. Warnie came out yeah. in that for in that last couple of sessions and just took so many wickets. He bowled Peterson around his legs. He just he yeah. he, he just cleaned them up. Um, and they were just a lost team. They couldn't believe it. The one match they thought they would at least not lose. Uh, Warney just spun yeah. his magic, and um, he retired on top. Uh, Five nil victory against the English reclaimed the Ashes. Uh, did you feel that he could have played for longer, Ray? When he, I did when he left. Uh, yeah, I felt I felt he could have as well because uh, he would have been what uh, 30, 37, 38 or something so, somewhere that, around that there. Point. Yeah, yeah. So he still had, you know, so he still had a, a couple of you know seasons under him. Uh, he did mention in that. Documentary, which I again urge everyone to, to watch if mm. you can. Uh, yeah, he did mention. Yeah, it, for him it was time to. Uh, he made a call, and he said, "Look, I, I want to spend more time with the family." Right. Um, and and to be said as well that uh, he was such a loving father as well. And he again admitted in the documentary, late, like very transparent. He said, "Look, I love my family, um, but the cricket came first. They were second, um, and and I think that caught up with him by the time." 2006, sure. 2007 rolled, and he just said, "Look, I've got to spend time with him." So, um, oh, yeah, he made yeah. the, he made that call. Uh, he probably had a couple of seasons to go, but you know, good on him. For, oh, totally. You know. And and I and I never forget. I mean, when he retired, I I just I just couldn't believe it. Like that he'd retired. Like him and Glenn McGrath, you knew as soon as you took them off the board, it, it took away as a team. It took away a star of quality. You know, you know, like if we were a five star team, we were suddenly a four star team. Um, yeah. The, and, and similar to what you're saying about Chapel and Marsh, um, yeah. uh, and, and Lily, uh, they all retired around the same time as well. So didn't uh, Hayden retire as well? And I think Ricky Ponding said that this is he quoted this is an end of an era when yeah. when Hados retired. I don't know exactly when, but it, it was around that period. Um, Might have been another year uh, that Hados played yep. on, but it wasn't too much longer. Um, yeah, no, it was um, it, it was challenging time for Australian cricket and. Um, yeah, the thing with Warney, uh, like I think that was the obviously he was always in the press for um, you know infidelities and stuff. None of that, like none of that worried me. In fact, I used to think, you know, people would get so bent out of shape about it. And I was, I was always like, I don't even understand why people are so worried about this. Like, this is his yeah. personal life. Like, it's got nothing to do with his cricket. Like, I just didn't. Yeah, I was never put it this way. Yeah, I was never scandalized. I I thought it was a shame he was overlooked as being captain, but at the same time, he was an excellent team man, and he 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 gave he's one of those guys who gave one hundred and fifty percent. You know, exactly as I said, fierce competitor. I mean that um, he could intimidate you just yeah. with a look. Yeah, uh, he could he, he he could play the mind games with you as well, which he and, and Glenn McGrath started doing as well. I mean, sure. when they were both on top. They terrorised the like the oh, Indians, yeah. and, you know, uh, yeah. the English. Uh, so yeah, absolutely fierce competitor, absolutely loyal. Uh, there's no, uh, there's a reason why England have just recently come out and saying, "Oh, we wish, you know, 
we wish Warney was one of us, you know, because sure, they had total respect for him. The enemy, you know, these are the sure. traditional rivals, but sure. they absolutely adored Warn for his um his skill and his competitiveness. Dated Liz Hurley, which I think is top of the mountain as well, like frankly. I mean Oh you know. look, yeah, exactly. I'm engaged <laughs> to Liz Hurley. For a Liz years Hurley. Years. Oh, good good for him. Um yeah, no, and she, <laughs> she she put out a nice tribute to him as well, which was lovely to see. Yeah, I mean, and uh, like sadly, you know, after his career, I mean, not sadly, he he prospered. Uh, fantastic yep. pundit, um, he's coached a lot of spinners. A lot of things we don't know about the amount of time he would have put in in terms of spinning clinics around the world. I I think he really was one of those guys eager to share his knowledge. Um, he was. That was him. The, the irony, so the irony is that you could never replicate what what Warney did. Sure. Um, uh, you know, he could impart some knowledge, but he was really one of a kind. Yeah, he was a freak. Yeah, yeah he was a freak. I mean, it's one of those things. Is he can he can offer a lot of tips. I'm sure he gave a lot of tips to Nathan Lyon as a spinner. Um, yep. You know, I think he spent a lot of time with yeah, him and, and others. Yeah, a lot of opposition, opposition as well. Like he, yeah. um, he helped out. Like one of the great things that you hear about Shane Warne as well is that. Although it was fierce and intimidating and he'd sledge the hell out of you on field, he would actually pay respect where due. And, and many yeah. of the English, many of the Indian players have said that even after the game, he'd come over and go, yeah, you had a, you had a good slog there today. Um, so he would, he would respect. Well, that's good to hear, though, as well, because at the end of the day, like, I don't mean to sound like too corny, but at the end of the day, it is a game. If you know what I mean, like, exactly. and yeah. it, it is a game. Uh, highly skilled people, lots of stake, lots of cash at stake. I get all that, but at the end of the day, he's performing his art at the highest he can. And there were times yeah. in the matches, not many, but where you know players could would get on top of him for a few overs and stuff. You know, it took a lot of skill, and he would acknowledge that. And um, and Australia didn't win every single game. In that in that fifteen years or however long it was he played, but we won most of them, and we won most of the ones that counted as well. Um, yeah, every accolade won won against every team. But you know, yep. thrashed the Windies in the Windies, but won in India against India. You know, won multiple World yep. Cups. Um, great, great player, uh, and and frankly, when he left, um, yep. you know, I I just literally this is the irony. So two days ago, before he before he passed away, um, we were out there in the field against Pakistan, and we were getting absolutely slaughtered, Ray. And I actually said to Michelle, "Gee, wish Warney could come on pitch right now, you know." Uh, at his current age, yeah. and turn his arm over, and AB said the same thing. He'd probably walk back into the team right now because he stayed he stayed a, fit and knew what he was doing. What a sign of a great player! Yeah. Long after he's retired, people yeah. are still saying, "Geez, if only he'd come out there." That is the impact that this guy has had. And again, I just want to paint a picture for all our, you know, all your overseas listeners as well, Dave. Mm. Um, people have tried to try to quantify what this means to Australia and the cricketing world. Sure. Uh, the closest are Maradona, you know, for the Argentinians. Oh, sure. Look, yeah. I'm not a fan. I know of Maradona. I don't know of his achievements, but absolutely, Shane Warne in a team sport um, almost single-handedly changes the face of the game. He makes cricket popular again. Um, you know, he brings in a whole new generation of people that want to emulate him. Uh, and as well as he's got all the stats to back up his brilliance. So he knew he was brilliant. Um, 
you know, and Ed, he probably sure. uses that as a bit of leverage against his opponent opponents. But he, the truth is, is that he was. I mean, he I mean was. the closest I always thought of would be Michael Jordan in basketball back in the day. You know, yeah. uh, yeah. like a, a team sport, but someone who was a genuine match winner. Because that's the key with Warney. He wasn't. I mean, although he could contain. He was about taking wickets and winning matches, basically, at the end of the day. That was his goal. Uh, and the yeah. really and, and DK Lilly was the same. Ian Chappell once said about DK Lilly, he was out there to take wickets. He didn't give a shit about runs. You know? Yeah. Um yeah, and yeah. and they you know, Warney was was fantastic. So I mean, yeah, it's a sad day. It was a huge shock. Um I got the news when uh, my sister texted me and I read it half asleep. And I was I, I actually didn't quite understand what she was saying. And then I, I clicked the news, and I, I, I honestly couldn't believe it. And we were still reeling from the death of Rob Marsh, as well. Yeah, so yeah. it was a, it was a double blow, basically. Um, I, yeah, I was um, I'll, I'll remember this like day as you know the day as well. Like I, I got a WhatsApp image from a mate of mine. He's a big cricket fan, and mm. he sent me an image of him and, and Warney. And I just thought I just replied to him straight away. This was seven o'clock in the morning. Going, oh, did you bump into Shane Warne at, at a at a pub somewhere? Yeah. But then I read the news and. Like, oh, I know why Tim sent me this. Yes. And it's like, I can't believe it. And utter, Dave, literally, I mean, I, I told you, like, through our chats as well. Sure. I was stunned. The whole weekend, I stayed up until 2.30 in the morning uh, watching <laughs> watching reels, and I watched the, uh, the documentary of Shane Warne. You've, was been, just, you've been struggling with it, man. I, you've gone almost in too deep. I had to pull you back. I said, turn off the media, Ray. You know? Yeah, yeah. It was, And all of Sunday, I was, I was watching even more, just – yeah, just reminiscing because uh, we we are so privileged. Um, same as like you know we've been around when when Michael Jordan was around, but yes. Shane Warne, like you know, hundreds of years from now, hundreds of years that in cricket, they'll still be talking about him. I put him up there on the shelf with with Donald Bradman. Um, I know it's a yeah. big call, but yeah. hey, he's got the stats. He he, you know, the best all time leg spinner in cricket history, no sure. doubt. Oh, 100%. I put him, like, yeah, my God, in the Australian Cricket Hall of Fame and then in that rarefied, like the Hall of Halls, the Council of Councils, he's there with Sir Don. Yep. And I put Greg Chappell and Ricky there too. Um, there's there's very few yep. players who make it. There's lots of legends and lots of guys who gave a hell of a lot to Australian cricket. Don't get me wrong. There's lots. Mm. The, the, yep. But then there's a very rarefied few who with that extra level and uh Warney, yeah, 100%. I mean, AB said it. If AB says it, it's good enough for me, you know? Um, exactly. AB. Peter Taylor. Peter Taylor. Peter Taylor in there somewhere. Peter Taylor. Peter Taylor was a very, very good one-day bowler in the, in the <laughs> 80s for Australia. I was a big fan. Yeah. And I'm glad to hear that you're such a big fan because we certainly were down in Tassie, I'll tell you that much. Took a lot of wickets in 10 situations. Was he South, South, South Australian or Tasmanian? No, no, he he wasn't yeah. Tasmanian, but I'm just saying we were down in Tassie watching him, uh, my family, and we were big, big fans of Peter yeah. Taylor's work. Oh, yeah, he can as well. Yeah, me too. He was, me too. um, I mean, I don't know what happened to Peter Taylor. You don't hear much about him these days. Um, living, living the quiet life, but you know, jokes aside, look, he, I, I do respect. He's a he's a great player, but mm. we're talking about you know absolute greats of the sure, game and sure, yeah, Shane yeah. Warne. Shane, uh, Warne, Shane yeah. Warne's there, man, and um. <laughs> Um, sorry, Dave, didn't they release the top five wisdom, release the top five players of the century? Mm. This was, again, before the death of, untimely death of Shane Warne. Mm. Uh, and Shane Warne was the only one in the modern era to be named in the top five of this century. Uh, so you had Donald Bradman, 
You had sure. Sir Garfield Sobers, sure. Sir Vivian Richards, sure. uh, Shane, and unfortunately, I can't remember the other one. I'm sorry. I mean, I can't believe it's not Greg Chapel. I mean, Jesus. DC, <laughs> was it DC Boone? <laughs> oh, could, could have, could have been maybe Michael Clark. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, if Booney was there, uh, I would have no problems, you know, at all. Yeah. I, I, always, I always say, I mean, did they score their runs against extreme pace? Did they score them against massive spinners? And in that case, Warn, yeah. um, DC Boone and Ricky straight in, you know? Yeah. Like, so, so people is. seem to, sometimes people seem to have a very, it's the opposite of rose-coloured glasses. They like to just admit admit certain people. Um, and, yeah. you know, there's this kind of convenient amnesia that, that creeps across the, the scene. Um, but, yeah, that says that all you need to know about Warney being in that, in that, in that squad. Um, yeah. And he yeah, wasn't he even finished. He wasn't even, you know, he's the only wicket. I saw this stat. He's the only guy to take 300-plus wickets in two different decades. So he did it in the 90s, and then he did it again from 2000 to 2006. Yeah. I mean, Seven. his CV is endless as well. Um, we were talking about the Ashes. He's the player who's taken the most wickets ever in the Ashes. Really? Uh, so 135 or something. Yeah. He, yeah he's, even, even more than Terry um, Alderman. <laughs> oh, I can't believe that as well. Terry Alderman took 40, 41 wickets in the 89 Ashes, I believe, and I think he took 40 wickets in like the 81 or something. So, yeah. There's a reason why I like him as well. Uh, he's, he was amazing. Um, but, yeah, no, Warney, apparently 135, 136 wickets. I've got to say, Glenn so. McGrath can't be far away either, you know? I'd be interested to find the stats. I'm yeah, gonna, well, um, well, before we wrap this up, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna type in Glenn McGrath. I mean, no, look, I believe you. Warney took plenty of wickets, like yeah. in clumps. Glenn McGrath wickets in Ashes. Let's have a look. How many? I, I, it's got to be more than a hundred. You know. Um, oh yeah. It's got it's got to be more than a hundred. Uh, as usual, like it's just uh, Glenn McGrath Ashes wickets in Ashes total. Let's let's have a look here. There's got to be something where we can fucking. I'm going to say what 100, 110. I think I think 110 is a very, very reasonable, um, very reasonable thing. And uh, I'm just trying to I'm just trying to get the stats here. Uh, it's ridiculous, really. Yeah. I mean, uh, here we go versus team. We, 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 well, how many did you say? He took 150, 100, 100, 157. Glenn McGrath. versus England in the Ashes. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. So there must be there must be either wickets. I don't know, but he he definitely Warney definitely holds. The yeah, record. yeah. Well, I, I'm looking. Let, let's look at Shane Warne. It's easy because they they make it really easy. So how much should we say? Glenn McGrath. I, I guarantee you that it'll be they'll be similar. You know, um, Warney yeah. might have Warney might have played. Uh, he's probably played another an, an extra season as well against them. You know what I mean? Because he started okay. slightly oh, earlier. Let's have a look. Let's have a look. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say. I reckon Warney took. Let's say one sixty-five. I reckon it's gonna be pretty close. Uh, I reckon there's one. One thirty-five is something. I know that. Right. I just saw that. Okay. Shane Warne, Crick Info. Maybe, I don't know. I don't Maybe know. That's... Let's, let's have. Let's have a look no. here. Shane Warne. Uh, versus. We want. We we want. Me, they make it hard. These, uh, you know, like sometimes you just think, okay, stats, here we go. So we, so 157 for Glenn McGrath again, yeah. versus England, 195. There you go, Shane Warne. There you go. So, wow. 
Maybe I'm just, yeah, maybe it's 195. 195 at an average of 23.25. Uh, he certainly knew what he was doing, and uh, and, and his his uh, his overall record. Uh, he averaged about twenty five with the ball, which is very very good for a spinner. Um, he he yeah. had the. I mean, don't forget South Africa. They were a very decent team when he was playing. He t- he took one hundred and thirty <laughs> wickets against them. Yeah, um, I, I want to shout out um, your co-host Rich as well because I know yeah. uh, he, he likes a bit of cricket as well. South Africans uh, in the nineties two thousands, very strong side. Actually, they oh, were definitely. probably. The biggest threat, I think, to the Australians. Um, this was before India. Uh, and I'm not talking about sure. touring India as well because, you know, that is a different kettle of fish. But yeah. West Indies had went to the wayside. Um, India weren't as good as they are now. Um, England were competitive, but I think South Africa were the, the top dogs. Um, oh, yeah, because the West Indies <laughs> slid off uh, after 95, you know. Uh, up up, and, up yeah. until 95, the West Indies were the premier one, number one team, which we dethroned. Uh, and yep. then South Africa, yeah, were a very, very competitive unit, extremely competitive, you know? Um, yep. Yeah, no, and uh, we always came out slightly in front of them, but only just, and that was a, a lot, large part due to Warney as well. Warney was a massive factor. I mean, he took oh, 130 yeah. wickets, he took 173 wickets against them. Oh, no, sorry. Against South Africa, he took 130 wickets against South Africa, an average of 24. So that's that's awesome, yeah. you know? Without Warnie, uh, seriously, without Warnie, I think South Africa would be would have been top dog. Yeah, um, well, yeah but that's you know. Well, I mean, maybe, but we'll never. Have, thankfully, <laughs> we'll never have to. You know, we still have a lot of other good players. I frankly would like to think that with the oh, wars absolutely. and you know, wars and uh, and Glenn yeah. McGrath and all sorts. But you know, but Warnie was the X factor, as they talk about in in, in cricket, and um, you know, and Daryl Cullen would <laughs> have had nightmares about Warnie. You would think. I, w- I will urge in every everyone to have a look um, at uh, Warren sets up Cullinan and mm. in one over, and you just see the brilliance of Shane Warren, what he does with the ball. Yeah. Uh, it's all about it's all a bit a cat and mouse as well. He'll he'll uh, let loose ones go, so Cullinan will get a whole sense of security. Yep. Uh, he'll he'll drop in flippers and sliders, and you just see um, his reaction actually when he finally gets Cullinan. And I remember watching that as well. Um, he was fired up. They had a fierce rivalry. Oh, for sure, and it was a very one-way rivalry too. In yeah, that, was, yeah, it was one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like he he, he owned Cullinan. Yeah, well, I mean, Cullinan was uh, going into this particular match. I can't remember which one it was, but he was going into like top form. Yeah. He was smacking everyone down. So the the um the pinnacle was was him versus Shane Warne, and Shane Warne just owned him in that one over. So hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely hilarious as far as I'm concerned. Um, yeah, okay. So, look, we'll wrap it up. Um, Ray, thank you very much for coming on for another Jump Shots. And oh. as always, man, like we, we keep it live, we keep it active, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. And um, I sure. really do love talking about, uh, you know, what, you know, a very important figure in Australian cricket or sporting history. So uh, thank you for the, for the opportunity. No worries. The next time we'll have you on, we'll probably do a retrospective of DC Byrne and Ricky Ponting's career and just go match by match. <laughs> <laughs> sure, I'll be there. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Ray. Cheers. <laughs>